Welcome to Better Cast Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 4, titled Sabrosito. Uh, what do you think of this episode? <laughs> you know, I know I said before the season began that I would kind of be disappointed if they um, remove a lot of the mystery from the Gus Fring's character. But like five minutes in this episode, I'm like, nope, fuck it. I want to know it all. <laughs> want to know it all because it is uh, super interesting. The machinations yeah. of the cartel and the, the jealousies and the pettiness and... The struggles for power um, are are interesting to the point where I was wondering af- as I was absorbing how I thought about the episode, like, man, what if they made a better call Gus or what if they made a, a what what if this was Los Pollos Hermanos and we just mm-hmm. took it from, you know, Gus and Max uh, cooking chicken and meth and, and going to die. Like, like it, what if the opening scene was Max getting his brains blown out and then we just had a series of flashes back to Gus and 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 Max and their life and were they lovers and what what were they and and Gus's climb through Mexico to the US I mean that stuff is is awesome mm-hmm. arguably more interesting than uh Jimmy's fall to to Saul but that's not the story we got and I don't know man it's it cuz um but it's so much more interesting than than figuring out how Jimmy resolves his relationship with his asshole brother that I stopped caring about. And, and I, I mean, the only the only reason I still care about Chuck is I want to see how Jimmy ultimately defeats him uh-huh. or is defeated in turn. Um, OK, so I don't know. Um, I, I thought it was a great episode. Um, that said, all that shade thrown on Jimmy's plot line, I thought it was pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. Um they are taking their sweet damn time about revealing exactly the, the yeah, countermeasure. Uh, here's the thing. That's the one problem I have with this episode. It's the one I'm probably have this season. I have, for just the outline of the episode, I have one page of notes. Okay. And I wasn't sparing. Like I, that's, and my average, like an average episode of television is usually two and a half to three pages just for the episode outline. Uh-huh. That tells me that there is just not a lot of things that are happening. They're very interesting in the ways that they are happening and they're mm. very well told and there's a deliberate pace, but I really feel the people who are getting impatient with the stately pace of the, the, the season and episode in particular. What did you think? That's weird. Cause I didn't feel much, if any of that, this episode. Well, good. Cause we both jump off the ship at the same time. Who's going to do the boat? <laughs> right. <laughs> So I I really actually like this episode a lot, except for the fact that they're not revealing what this plan is for right. for Jimmy and Kim, and uh, that's that w- that's a rare only once that yeah. I can remember in Breaking Bad, and that was the Lily of the Valleys. Did right. they not? Did they not play straight with us and and watch and 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 kind of string us along like this? And I remember yeah. that being kind of. I get you know that the fans are split on how that was handled too, um, mm-hmm. where it seems like that's kind of their stock and trade. In this is like you know just just really agonizingly slow play out this 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 plan. Yeah, and a lot of the times, even when they are going to go for the slow uh, the slow roll on the reveal, they will still reveal it by the end of the episode. The right. the important bits, and it will have you questioning not what's happening, but what how people are going to react to exactly. it. Exactly, that's always the far more interesting thing to me. Here, I'm left questioning what is happening, what mm-hmm. is the plan here, because I don't understand it. And I have ideas, I have guesses, but sure. all of them are just that guesses. I mean, maybe 
I, I want I could see Vince and and Peter because I know they they watch massive amounts of uh, pop culture and television and like all the showrunners are talking about how their shows are feeding into each other and they're learning things. I wonder if one of the things that they've learned in the intervening years of Breaking Bad is just how much people like to speculate and theorize. And they realized that there wasn't a lot of opportunities, like, you know, for that in Breaking Bad. I mean, that's not true. People obsessively search for things yeah. that went kind of nowhere and, and, and got, got a little crazy with their with their theory stuff. But I wonder if they're intentionally drawing this out just because, like, hey, you know, it's going to be fun. Look, think about how much fun people are going to have trying to figure out what Jimmy's doing and what Kim's plan and how did Chuck just step into a trap. Like, yeah. It's, it's not as much fun for me. Uh, that's the thing. Like you and I, yeah. I think uh, maybe it, I, I think that's 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 the that might be our our, our weakness as podcasters is we I, I don't think we like theorizing as much as most people. Man, or, I got I got so burnt. Or on here's Lost. the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> uh huh. It's super fun to theorize. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's not fun? Listening to everyone else's theories that you don't agree with. <laughs> okay. And it's like, imagine like if everybody in a bar came up and told you their theory about, just like one random bar came up and, that, and, and told you their theory about what's going on with what the big television show. And that happened. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's maybe that's my experience as a podcaster bleeding through. Like, sure, but I'm a hypocrite yeah. because every once in a while I'll get a good one and I'm like, oh shit, can't wait to read that. So, um, but it's so subjective. Mm-hmm. And it's so not part of the art and the enjoyment of the actual experience of watching the thing. Yeah. Um, that I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. But I did think the experience of watching this episode was pretty great. Uh, from the cold open with Don Eladio to you, you, Mike you and groan, Chuck's house. You didn't groan once we shift from from Gus to, to Jimmy a little bit? No. No. Because what Mike was doing uh-huh. was so entertaining. And that was part of Jimmy's story here. Um and I, I really enjoy the awkwardness of that final confrontation between Jimmy right. and Chuck right. uh, before they go into, you know, what is not a court battle, but more like, I feel like it's going to be more a battle of, you know, public opinion in within the Bar Association. Uh-huh. I feel like he's going, his plan here is to turn the Bar against Chuck, banking on the fact that, A, Jimmy is a much more likable guy than Chuck. Mm-hmm. And yes, they know Chuck, and Chuck has made some of their careers. Yeah, but if respected. given, but if given the right reasons, they they might turn on this guy who is clearly an asshole to everyone he meets and knows. They might turn on him in a second. And also, given the right evidence, they might think, given the right evidence, is this even the same guy? Sure, this guy is living. He's he's squatting in his own house, and he wears yeah. space blankets under his suit, and we're having to sit right. here in a dark hearing. You know, what I'm saying like I I. I yeah. Even if you respect a person, like if you if you if you met someone and and then later on they've clearly lost their mind, they're in their late stages Alzheimer. I don't know that, you know, if you trip the barrier of this person's not even the same person anymore. If if mm-hmm. if uh, they they would win, yeah, uh, I just wish at the end they had revealed a little bit more. But of the the iceberg. That here's the thing: like, like I did groan when we switched to Jimmy a little bit, but I have that experience a lot because I get really invested in a story. Like I that was my. Um, that was my experience with Game of Thrones. I was like, oh, an Arya chapter, and I'm really into it. And then fucking Davos. 
I don't give a shit. And then halfway through, oh, okay, this is pretty good. And then uh-huh. John Snow. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or did you know, Sansa, geez, oh, God damn. And then I get half, oh, yeah, this is interesting, too. So, like, right. that's like five minutes into the Jimmy thing. A little thing. recency bias. Right, yeah. right. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. This is pretty compelling, too. Yeah. But it sucks to have to go. I mean, that's the. I feel, yeah. That's the, the, the ABC plot structure. Like, in mm-hmm. any episodic television or uh you, you know you always have the a plot and it's the most interesting thing everything else is less interesting it's it's yeah. providing filler or context or the other stuff this is weird that like you've got essentially three story arcs that are all kind of co-equal it's the trinity yeah i was gonna say i have lines. a tough time identifying the a plot here right i'm mean, clearly it's jimmy but it's not being treated well, that way right the, it's, that's the, pro- the name might, of the show would tell you that, it's a potential but. problem that it's not clearly jimmy yeah, it's a potential problem. I'm not sure that I think it's an actual problem yet. No. I, I could see it becoming one, though. It's one of those things where, you know, uh, it's something that people like to... Uh, it, it's, that's we- it's a weird uh, thing I've noticed in criticism, and, and not even criticism, just fans in general. It's a popular thing to worry about something before yeah. you need to. Yeah, yeah. Like like a target fixation. Like, oh, God, I hope I don't hit this light pole. I could see this. I, I'm really liking it now, but I can see the right. pacing become a problem right. later. Like, I, 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 my enjoyment is adequate, but I could foresee things where that enjoyment would significantly go down and, <laughs> yeah. in fact, might turn to unhappiness. Yeah. Whatever it, it almost shall becomes I do. a self-fulfilling prophecy, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you're telling your, you're identifying yeah. all the things that could make you angry, yeah. and then you... Lean into them. Yeah, you go through uh, life. You go through the, your day expecting to get punched, and you get home like, God damn, my stomach muscles hurt, and I'm just so tense. Like, <laughs> it feels like I got punched. I'm not having, not having fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what are you going to do? What That's true. Do? And I'm, I'm uh, a victim of that as well. So right. A lot of the time. Right. I think everybody's open to it. Anyway, I, I really liked this episode for the most part. Mm-hmm. Thought it was a ton of fun, um, and it was, like you said, interesting to see a lot of the Gus stuff. And they're really bringing a lot of the language of Breaking Bad back. Like, yeah. uh, I was I was perusing the Heisenberg Chronicles. It's run by our buddy Shane Bowman today, and he had done this pictorial that outlines the shots that they use of Don Eladio yeah. plunging into the water versus the last time we see him where he's floating dead in this pool. Right. And it's, you know, same... same shot for shot. Shot for shot. Yeah. And I... I love that shit. Yes, yeah, that's, that's the stuff great. that I really like. That craftsmanship and and the respect they have for their past and the way they engineer these situations. Like that's to me the thing that made uh, Breaking Bad special. Yeah. Um, and the, the other thing is like I know that I, I think I coined the term strip the the uh, strip mining the past. Uh, Vince Gilligan used that term almost identically today in the Insider podcast, and I got like a oh oh, oh thrill, like you know. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have a chance to listen to that. All right, I just fan- fanboyed so hard. It's like, oh, God, I hope he's heard one of my podcasts. And I hope it's not one of the ones where I'm shitting on whatever he's doing at the time. Right. I hope it's a fly. I hope it's a fly. Yeah. I hope it's uh, Tahajali. Yeah. Before we get too much deeper, I want to talk about things are going on at baldmove.com this week. As I mentioned last week, we had a, a Circle podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the I, I must say that movie is a flop. But... Okay. It led to, especially on the, the club member spoiler section, it led to a very interesting philosophical discussion about privacy and, mm-hmm. and their digital age and the social media and sharing stuff online that I thought was interesting. Uh, Monday, uh, we released a podcast on Jackie Brown. Uh, we've got um, The Leftovers already out. Fargo's coming out later this week. Uh, Sess and I will be doing a podcast on The Handmaid's Tale so far and the first episode of American Gods. 
Thursday is a big uh, movie day. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 comes out, and we will yeah. have a, a, a review and a spoiler uh, review for people in the club that night, that Thursday night. And then Friday uh, we'll have lunch. So just uh, this is this is peak peak TV and peak podcast and a bald move. Lots of stuff uh, for you guys to enjoy at baldmove.com. Let's get into the recap. We start off with Hector bringing the month's earnings to Donal Audio. Uh, Juan Bolsa does the same, and apparently he is much larger thanks to the Chicken Man. Uh, Aladio demands that they do business like the Chicken Man from now on. And there's a lot of other stuff that happens in here, but that's basic structure. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. What the hell is Don Eladio doing with the nickname The Winking Greek? So Eladio is literally means the man from Greece in Spanish. Okay. So he is not himself Greek. Um, okay. he's just got that, like that weird surname that That's probably meant, bizarre that name. probably meant something in Roman times, you know, like, uh, when, when, when the Roman empire is conquering everybody and you've got the Spaniard, you've got the Greek and you've got the, you know, uh-huh. uh, Phoenician and, and now it's just a w- weird little thing. Okay. Uh, you know, cause we all have like all of our last names mean something. Yeah. Um and no one knows what they mean anymore. No one gives a shit because we're there. You know, we're, we we've we've got we've we've moved on so um, far removed from the yeah. origin that it doesn't matter. Yeah, like when yeah. you were like you wouldn't just be Jim, you'd be you know Jim of Cincinnati, or you'd be Jim right. the podcaster, and that's how they distinguish you from all the other Jims and and, and assholes in town. Yeah, so. That and there's an interesting thing because uh, Peter Gould mentioned this in the Insider podcast, and Shane Bowman once again on the Heisenberg Chronicles Tumblr um, showed he. I guess Peter tweeted this like back from 2013 when they were brainstorming names for Don Eladio, just character names, like just basic, like how do you name some asshole? And they started with Haladio, which I. Which is interesting because then it morphed into Eladio, which means the Greek, but it's also how they got the ice cream angle mm-hmm. in season two and how then they decided, then they found out it was, it was a guy that's Greek connection. And it's like, oh, we'll name it an ice cream parlor, the Winking Greek. And now they strip mine that out of their past and then write this whole thing where your Don Hector did it just to impress Don Eladio. And mm-hmm. then... And his crowning achievement when he thinks he's been very clever establishing this path for his product, then Los Pollos Hermanos comes and it blows him out of the water. Yeah. And you can also see, like, this puts into context other scenes, like, you know, Hector pissing in Don Eladio's pool, which, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, my thing is, I know because I listened to the podcast that this this scene is supposed to be set in 1999. But I was trying to figure out... This is after Max got shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Before I was trying to put in all the context, all the different scenes that we've seen of Hector and Don Eladio and Gus, and like trying to, and it's really hard to do because the thing that really bedevils you is all these guys have aged, right? So like they try to do things with wigs and coloring and stuff like that, but it's like there's it's only so much anybody. you can do. Yeah, yeah. I so this happens. Somewhere between the initial meeting of Eladio and Gus and yeah. Max, where he's killed, um, and what we see in Breaking Bad, the um, timeline. The other thing that I thought there was something off. I felt I felt there was something off in Don Eladio's performance. Uh, if you don't know that Stephen Bauer, who is um, Manny from Manny Scarface. from Scarface, because um, I, I just felt like there's something off in his charisma. 
and the editing, like the reaction shot scene, and and what I found out in the Insider podcast is that it was freezing cold that day. Okay. And he's sitting here in a custom made speedo, dripping wet, and I guess that like his teeth were involuntarily chattering, uh-huh. and they had to both shoot and edit around that, and it did feel like his performance was somehow clipped or like there was something weird about his smile. And so, well, yeah, he's an old dude; he's freezing his ass off. So yeah, uh, it's unfortunate that they couldn't keep the poor guy warm. But I did like I I I I I said after I was like, man, there was just something really off about the timing or chemistry of that scene, mm-hmm. but. Even though, even though I still still really like, there's a lot of like I liked how fucking uh, petty Hector is. Yep. Like you know, oh los pollos hermanos. Oh, more like you know, culos cool, cool, hermanos. <laughs> hermanos. The, the Butt Brothers. The first time I heard that, I thought, wow, he is a petty and juvenile person. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because I thought he was just making some crass, stupid joke. Uh huh. And then I went on Reddit and I was like, oh. Oh, you're right. Yeah. No, this makes a lot of sense in context of Max and Gus. Right. Like, he's assuming that these guys are gay, which right. they may or may not be. Right. Uh, it certainly, I think, lends a little bit more evidence to it. Plus the Cuyos and, uh, or Culos and Poyos kind of, like, it's got a... Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's a similar it's a joke sounding. that works in Spanish. Uh-huh. Not so much English. No. No. Um, but yeah, then they they also comp- they also contrast how neat and tidy mm-hmm. uh, Gus's operation is to how sloppy and old school gangster Hector's yeah. operation is, and just uh, how much more of it and, there and, is. And look how Hector treats his employee; he's mm-hmm. like just intimidated the shit out of this guy. Versus how Gus treats his employees. So many contrasts and comparisons in this episode about how these guys run their operation. Yeah, um, to the point that I. I'm finding it, and I'm sure the show is is wanting me to think this, and they're going to answer it. But like, I'm finding it hard to believe that Hector thinks he can get away with this shit. Like, how does he think he can go and and jeopardize Gus's op- uh, arrangement and maybe draw a pull? Because like, okay, if uh, somebody calls the cops, yeah. there's a lot of explaining to do. It's going to make the cartel look very bad. Yeah, um, and, and he- I mean, just doing making this move to potentially disrupt the operations of Gus at this point would probably piss off Don Eladio oh, yeah. if he knew about it. So Look at the cash. Right. This this is foolish. Um and I have to think it's going to come back on him some way almost to the point where I wonder if it isn't Don Eladio who puts him in the wheelchair. That's you know a lot of people are saying oh Gus is going and or Mike's going I kind of think yeah you're right. This is going to be the cartel putting him in his place. It very well could. And his place yeah. is going to be in a wheelchair in some shithole shack in Mexico. Yeah. Um but the, because of his code of honor he still won't, you know, even though he hates these guys and he thinks they did him dirty, he's still not going to betray them. So actually is that possible? Is what's he, possible? He's still up and about when Don Eladio's killed, right? No, 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 no. no? That's because afterwards uh, Gus comes back Who's to there? taunt him in the nursing oh, home right, with a yeah. necklace and look at me, Hector. Okay, then I suppose it is possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's tempting fate here, and I, I, I mean, he's doing it. I, I don't understand why he's doing it. He's obviously doing it partially to stay in the game because mm-hmm. now his his distribution operation is disrupted, but... Why move in on Juan Bolsa here? Is he trying to muscle Bolsa out and become the new guy? Well, it's uh, also kind the old of guy becomes the new guy because we talked about how lucky Walt is that everything kind of lined for him this this schmo to yeah, yeah. take over the entire Southwest distribution of meth. Mm-hmm. And I think this is supposed to tell us even more that there was fractures in this cartel alliance that 
like there's a lot of evidence that Tuco was trying to undermine the the cartel's relationship and that like this was like uh the Salamanca part of the cartel was my maybe in this cold secret war with the uh Bolsa um backed or the the Eladio backed Bolsa regime and that they were already in kind of a weak weak position before Walt kind of blundered in and you know both helped and undercut Gus so sure. that and I, I like the fact that if we find out that like the more we know about the operation, the more Walt seems extraordinarily lucky, mm-hmm. and and the more ironic it's going to seem that when we look at the final seasons of Breaking Bad and what an ego the Walt had, that he doesn't see that he just really lucked into these situations. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm kind of trying to figure out what the motivation for. Other than just pure survival instinct and needing to continue distributing so he can continue offering dial audio money, um, why does he think that this is a good plan, Hector, to to move in and say, hey, Gus, you're distributing for me now as well? Do you get the feeling that Hector was the, the – is maybe used to be – or I, I, what, I, what I'm trying to – what I'm trying to get at is – uh, you know, him and Don Eladio might have been peers, or maybe even Don Eladio was under him, and because of someone dying higher up than both of them, Don Eladio took over control of the cartel, and there's this, you know, um, there's this this resentment that he was passed over. I don't know. I mean, I'm mean, just making that up. But I'm right. trying, yeah. Like the and, and maybe he's thinking that if he makes the right moves, that you know, Eladio is either weak or he's foolish, or he can he can do something to capitalize on it and, and regain control of the cartel. Right. Because he makes a statement, "I am the cartel." Yeah. The one thing he he shows clearly here is that he is not afraid of Don Eladio. He's not and afraid repercussions Gus and if Gus goes to him, regardless or of the Pinochet. Sheet, he doesn't like Hector's never given a shit. He's potentially confident enough that Gus won't go to Don Eladio because it'll make him look weak right uh that he doesn't see that as a problem and yes. that he doesn't think don Lottie will ever even hear about this yes uh and he should be able to up his profits and potentially you know compete with juan bolsa right uh but you know that's know. the thing it's is a like, risky move um sure. juan is <laughs> and, and it's a sloppy move it i mean that, above sloppy. all i think hector is a sloppy old-fashioned guy well who, he's tuco i mean you know this yeah. is he's the same blood running through tuco's crazy ass as yeah. running through his so mm-hmm. um all of them and maybe that's the other problem is that um he's just too unpredictable and crazy to run the cartel where don Eladio yeah. is more stable and I, I suppose so I don't know. He seems a little crazy, no, too. I mean, yeah, he just sits in his mansion, though, he, so he's not yeah. exposed to much, much right. opportunity to act crazy. Right, right. Uh, okay, let's go over to the DEA rating, The Winking Greek, thanks to Mike, who watches with satisfaction from the shadows. And then he calls his daughter-in-law to ask how the move went. She says Kaylee wants him to come over, so he does. And they watch old man movies, which puts Kaylee to sleep until she hears ice cream. And then I like um, the touch that Mike doesn't have the stomach for ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've had I've had my fill of fucking with ice cream of late. Yep. Uh and then she notices Mike is thinking about something, but he says he's fine. Uh, you know who wanted ice cream real bad? <laughs> Donald poor, Donald Audio. No, their poor dog. Their dog? Oh yeah, yeah I saw him. Yeah, like over like, there. like cut cut over to the dog like I there's there's a bowl of ice cream no one wants. <laughs> I, I know someone who wants ice cream. I like to think that the movers he got to help were the cousins. Like Mike had so whipped the cartel <laughs> yeah, at this right, point, the cousins right. just 
fine we'll show up on our saturday uh-huh. in our boots yeah they're wearing they're wearing old blue overalls but they still have the skull <laughs> tip silver boots yeah <laughs> uh anything else in this scene or should we move on nah all right hector takes over the los pollos hermanos and has the employees call gus in gus dismisses his employees who are being held when he gets there and then he meets with hector who tells him that he's going to be distributing his product now and gus you know he objects for various reasons but hector insists and then once Hector leaves, Gus looks uh, pleased. Pleased. Uh-huh. I think I have an idea of what's going on here. What do you What do you think? Uh, I got a bunch of things that I think. Number okay. one, this episode made me because I watched it um, like around ten o'clock last night because uh, I've you know leftovers just completely makes it impossible for me to watch this thing in real time. Yeah, same here. I really wanted a bucket of chicken. Like that Los Pollos Romano stuff looks looked like the truth. And, yeah, and if I it's wa- crispy, and I, I wanted it in my belly. Uh, and I was, in fact, I'm, I'm actually salivating right now. It's bad for a podcast. <laughs> um, so I, I think that number two, I also thought it's interesting because I just happened to have more than usual uh, free time to do the episode. So I, you know, I got got did all the things, and I actually went back and watched some of the. Uh, it looks like that every week they're going to release a new employee training video oh yeah and i noticed that they all deal with the episode at hand like episode two is about cleanliness and proper trash removal this episode is about how to deal with the uh, an irate customer mm-hmm. uh, and they're all really really funny and and i, I was thinking like yeah an, an enterprising fan might want to look ahead at what the next episodes are and then look at the episode titles and you could probably craft some pretty thi- fine theories about what's going to happen based based on that mm-hmm. um i i i don't know i think he's setting up hector for to to get uh too full of himself and going to get smacked down by don Eladio. but i don't know how so i think it's i think it's partially that yes um I feel like that's a bonus, though. I feel like what Gus is really after is consolidation of power. Mm-hmm. Um, if Gus can disrupt the operations and get Hector's business as well, mm-hmm. now he's the single path into the U.S. for these drugs, for the cartel. Right. Now he's the go-to guy. Ah, so him, he's he was... He was um... He was play acting about how bummed he is at having to transport right. all of Hector's product as well. I think so. Uh, plus, he can fuck with his pro. I mean, there's all kinds of things he can do. <laughs> right, and he's got Hector where he wants it. I just thought it was telling that Nacho, who is Hector's boy, was very... Un- it seemed like he's like, I don't know about all this. This seems like a really stupid thing to do. And we've yeah. seen that you know Nacho is, is, a, is a smart guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought that... Yeah, you're probably right, that he's essentially going to stealth take over Hector and then try to eliminate him. Yeah. Um and, you know, I think part of part of the job here and the reward is sticking it to Hector. Mm-hmm. I mean he hates Hector. Oh sure. So Because this is that's just icing. I mean obviously all the flashbacks happen after Gu- uh, Max gets shot in the head. Right. And you gotta wonder like why did the did, did the cartel forget how brutal they were with him in the beginning? Like why did they think he's so <laughs> It, that that's been a, a little minor plot hole. Is like, why did they think that Gus would just take that lying down? Especially if they think these people were lovers. Like, I that that's the one thing. It's like uh, I'm going to start this business relationship. I mean, that's something you do when you're just not going to do business with the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to kill him and then warn him, and that's going to be the warning that he needs to stay the fuck away out of your business and out of your territory and stop this meth stuff. 
I, I hope that they fill in a little bit of the gaps where Don, where where Gus believably gets back into Eladio's good graces. Yeah, because it's hard for me to chart that path right now. I mean, the money goes a long way to that. The money does go a long way. Yeah, but, I think Eladio is blind. But it's to... all theoretical money to begin with. He's got a chicken joint that's popular, and he's got this hotshot chemist that has got a very pure product. And then Don Eladio kills the chemist. So how? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I think he kills the chemist so that Gus can't compete with him. Right. And Gus can only move his product. Yeah. Uh, move Don Eladio's product. But what leverage does he have over him? And I, I, th- those Fear, are things... violence, I guess. I guess. Um, but yeah, they, I, I But think... they know he, they can't touch Gus themselves. Like, that's something that's established as well. For whatever reason, Don Eladio believes it anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it, it partially comes down to this, like that consolidation of power. Mm-hmm. I think is the reason they can't because they would cut off all their distribution ties in America. Yeah, I was which is where more a bulk about of their money his, his shadowy connections to the Pinochet regime. Oh yeah, yeah. And the fact that he's called the Le General, right. General or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to get to that. I hope they do. I mean, like I said, I, I said they hope. I hope they didn't because part of Gus's deal is his mystique. But fuck it, I want it all now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, this taste was so good. I want yeah. more. Yeah. Either either just keep him shadowy, mysterious, or like you know, I want I, I want all the Star Wars prequels. I want to know everything about Anakin. Yeah. Probably horrified and disappointed about what I find, but I still want it. And I do like that. Uh, Gus is in the meeting with the fire department when he gets this call. Did you recognize the fire department? The fire department? That's where oh, Walt is that drops. Where the baby? Yeah, that's where, where drop... Holly's dropped. Yep, yep. <laughs> same same uh, fire department. Okay, good. That's awesome. Uh, so Victor drives by to pay Mike for the job that he did, and Mike turns down the money. I love I love Mike's invitation to leave here. He throws mm-hmm. the money in the car, mm-hmm. he shuts his window, and he opens the gate. <laughs> yep. That is yep. as Mike as it gets. Yep. Why say with one word what you can do with zero? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Love it. Um, and this is going to cause, you know, Gus to come by later, but we'll get there. Uh, he arrives at the restaurant next the next day, Gus does, and the mood is tense, to say the least. He rallies the troops by explaining that these men tried to extort him, but he refused to pay and that they won't be back. Um. If I'm if I'm the employees in this situation, I'm thinking, hmm. So you these guys come in, they're threatening you with violence, they ask you for money and you say no. And you say that they just left, they fucked off back to wherever they came from. But I'm thinking this is like the first step in an extortion battle that could probably lead to my death. Yeah, so I mean, here's the thing. Were the Mexican cartels as big a threat? Because, like, right now they're in they're in American conscious. Like, we've seen right. the bridge. We've heard about the what is it, the Zapatos or what the mm-hmm. the ex military that have have really taken the cartels to new horrific uh, uh, crimes in Mexico. I'm trying to think back then if like the cartel was not taken as seriously or wasn't as much in a cultural conscious. Now it looked like a lot of these a lot of uh, Gus's employees are immigrants. Who sure. might know a little bit more about you know how dangerous this stuff is? Mm-hmm. Um, they might have more connections and know how silly it is. There's a, I mean, you know, Gus plays this as this like you know really brave moment, but I also think that there's there's problems here. Like assistant manager, and I'm not sure how it's going to go. Like, is assistant manager Lyle going to be uncomfortable with the situation and call the police? Mm-hmm. 
Or is he going to be emboldened by his boss, and if Hector does show back up, he's going to be like, you know what? Fuck off, old man. You can suck my dick, and you're not going to get... <laughs> you know what I'm Lyle. saying? Like, I, I, I think yeah. that Lyle's headed for bad directions no matter what happens, and I'm not sure if Gus is going to have to kill him or if the cartel's going to kill him or, or what, but he does yeah. have the whiff of death around him, I think. Yeah, I... Because I couldn't tell if he Lyle. just feels he just feels unsure or what, um, mm-hmm. but the, the, that's that's definitely going to be a problem. Yeah, uh, I I actually don't know how the police weren't called the first time. Like when Gus or when Hector walks into that restaurant and starts menacing people because they were and, following the Los Pollos Romanos training manual that says specifically do if they, you have a rude, disruptive customer, do not do not under any circumstances call the police. Is that what it says? But refer it to management, and oh. the situation will be swiftly dealt with. Okay, and it's funny because nice. you know how they always do the animated sequences. The person who's yeah. causing the asshole problem is the douchebag with the Bluetooth thing in his ear. <laughs> Ken wins. Ken Ken wins. Yeah. It's him. <laughs> <laughs> and then it shows it shows Gus taking him to the back for five minutes, and then Ken Wins comes out with like this dazed and and confused expression on his face. Or, yeah, nice. Yeah, so uh, yeah, you guys check that. That's if you go to amctv.com slash Better Call Saul. There's in the bonus features you can watch all four of those training material. If you like Giancarlo Esposito, he's having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and and the, the highlight is in every single episode he drops like incomplete character a, a badass Gus line. Okay. <laughs> like he's uh, you know, he's like if the customer comes and you've messed up his order, it's okay. Everyone makes mistakes. Be sure not to make the same mistake twice. <laughs> you know, and then he goes back to Gus mode and it's it's great. Right. It's a lot of fun. Uh I do think there's a bit of truth in Gus's words here to his employees. Uh-huh. Um, specifically when he's talking um to them and trying to reassure them those men have no power here. Uh That's literally true. But not the way they that he's portraying it. Right. Not because right. of the rule of law, because Gus Because he's got it. Gus Gus got, it got handled. this. Yeah. yeah. He's gonna he's gonna sink Hector like he did this three into the trash can. <laughs> uh so we go over to Kim, who is combing through the phone book, calling every handyman, uh, to find out which company Chuck is using to get his door fixed. Mm-hmm. And when she finds it, she cancels his appointment and helps Jimmy refine his confession. Mm-hmm. This is social engineering at its finest. Yep. I like this stuff. Yep. And it's so easy to do. That's the thing. It like, is, it's, yeah. I think people will be horrified to know how easy it is to fuck with someone and ruin their life if you just have enough boredom and roll up your sleeves, get, get through. Like, it's so easy to identify people online. It's so easy to screw with them. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, Kevin Mitnick he opened my eyes to this like 20 years ago and right. it's just like yeah every time they show it on tv he's like man this is just so easy yeah. it's a good thing people are bored easily or like we'd never get anything done and you can get more than free phone calls out of it yeah yeah a lot more <laughs> uh so mike poses as the handyman to get into chuck's house and photograph the state of it uh, i love his his lines here it's like well you know if i have to use the hammer and Hammer and wrench, you're turning a morning job into two days with just me, myself, and Ben Gay. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's such a great line. Yeah, the whole scene is great. I, oh. <laughs> I absolutely love this scene. I, I was laughing out loud at him just repelling Chuck with his hand drill. <laughs> yeah. And when he starts to come back down the stairs, yep, he's like the standing drill. there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good long <laughs> drill. Good long drilling. I'll send him send him packing. And at the beginning, he takes a look at the the electrical box and says well went after uh someone went after your copper wire by the looks of it (laughs) brilliant oh man i I didn't get i i totally i i hear i heard that but i was like huh that's a funny thing for mike to say yeah Yeah. 
Yeah. And Chuck doesn't respond, but right. I wonder how much Mike knows about I mean, he's got to know about his condition, otherwise this drill thing doesn't work. So right. Right. He's just rubbing it in there? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. He just he just he's just being or Mike. playing his part. That's the thing. I think Clueless. Mike thinks I think Mike thinks Chuck is too much. Yeah. But he also doesn't like Jimmy, so he's not going to sit and talk shit about his brother. Right. So we go over to the diner where Mike G- gives Jimmy the pictures that he took in Chuck's house, plus that other thing, which we need to talk about. But, uh, yeah, he he is not willing to talk much shit about Chuck, even though he's got to he's got to know what kind of person Chuck is. Yeah, I wonder if there's a, there's a bunch of different arguments that they could advance here. Number one, with these pictures, that Chuck is crazy. Right. Uh, I also saw someone talking on Reddit about the fact that the lamp is on top of the Financial Times mm-hmm. and that Chuck was using this house as a storage document for all the original Mesa Verde documents is going to be an argument against his competency and his fitness as a... And, and maybe that 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 Jimmy was trying to serve the client's best interest. I mean, I, I, I mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows what they're going to do with these pictures? Yeah. Uh, but those are a couple po- uh, possibility. I mean, isn't this one of the things that the doctor was talking to him about? Right. Like, he could be a danger to himself? Yes. Um, and, and, for and this very I, reason? I wouldn't be surprised if that doctor doesn't uh, get called to the stand during the... Uh, of state bar hearing yeah um it's interesting though that they said last week that they're going to shove this ppd up chuck's ass but it seems like that's not what they're going to do no i totally misread that final scene i the whole time i'm thinking this is going to be the pretext for jimmy to be like oh fuck all this bullshit blah you know and um i I try to figure out what they're going to do now that's something else Mm -hmm. it's a contact i see there's only really two possibilities one uh, it's the private investigator that might be holding the original tape. Okay. Um, more likely, it's probably Rebecca. Those are the two possibilities I see. I and and yeah. and her coming stepping into that court to pr- provide uh, you know, an amicus brief or a friend of the court brief on behalf of Jimmy might just send Chuck into a full blown mm-hmm. electromagnetic shit st- shit storm uh, by itself, and that. Him melting down is going to be all the evidence Jimmy needs to to get off scot free and maybe maybe hurt Chuck's career too. Yeah, and the reason I I think it's more likely to be Rebecca than to be this tape uh-huh. is Chuck doesn't really need the tape at this point. He's got Jimmy's confession, but he's going to use it, and that's the he telling is. thing, right? And I, I I think there's there's some plan here to get this second tape. Yes. So, I mean, I guess the contact could be. And now that Mike's replaced the the door, you'd think that probably Jimmy has another key. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I could see, I could see Jimmy replacing that tape with something that he's doctored and edited together to just make Chuck seem like a lunatic and him a saint. Right. And Chuck goes to play this. And now now the thing is, is Howard's heard this tape too, and he could be like, "This isn't the same tape." Now, and then get the PI in, get the PI in. I I mean, I, I don't know, and and like. I was talking to a couple people in feedback, and I don't know. I don't think that this is going to come down to a detailed parsing of the laws of New Mexico. For sure. I think this is going to come down to a Jimmy, slipping Jimmy style scam and yep. bravado and bullshit. And anyone that's trying to see where the legal angle in here is probably going to be uh, wrong and, and, and disappointed. Right, but they can make Chuck look stupid or incompetent. And they're going to do something with the tape because it was very important for them to verify that, A, the tape, there is the existence of this duplicate tape or the original, I guess, and, B, that they are going to play it in open court. Right. 
And, and they also make a point of saying the standards for evidence are not quite what you would expect of a court. Which is not like if, if they say that, then that must mean it's going to cut some way that yeah. like 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 that Chuck's not expecting you. Right. So maybe, you know, having the testimony of these two people wouldn't override a doctored tape, perhaps. Um, especially one that's been under lock and key by yeah, like like Chuck. the chain of evidence that the the, right. the person that's going to use it in a damaging way is going to assert that and it's not been fucked with until they play it in open court. It's like oh, this isn't the thing at all, and then you bring in Rebecca. I mean, I just think it's going to be a fucking circus. It is, and I can't wait. Yeah, that's no. what I want. Yes, I was yes. hoping I'd get it in an actual courtroom, but I suppose the bar is it's probably going to be better because there's rules in court. Right, this is going to be. <laughs> You know. Right, they could hold Jimmy in contempt in court. It's not like non. There's rules, Jim. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah, this 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 will be be pre- and the fact that it's going to be all of Chuck's high mucky muck peers that he brings him down low in front of is going to yeah. be the the final blow. Yep. But if Jimmy scores a total complete scorched earth victory, why the change to Saul? Yeah. Um, and also, it's scary that Kim is completely on board here. There's a beautiful shot at the end that I haven't seen anybody talk about, but um, of Jimmy and Kim, and I, and and you know, this is where I'm starting to pay attention to the framing and stuff. But Jimmy and Ch- Kim are like walking out into the light through this double door, and Jimmy's on the left sinister side, and uh, and Kim is on the right dexterous side. And as soon as they get through the door. Kim crosses that line, that barrier that separates the two door on the Jimmy side. Okay. So I'm I'm actually wondering if if in in the cinematic language that that Villigan is saying us to, to, to telling 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 us that hey watch out this is going to be Kim's downfall as well, which would yeah. be that would be the true tragedy of the show. Yeah, and I I almost think it needs to be that to get to get Jimmy at this point into Saul mode, and, and like, that's that's also classic Villigan's karma model, right? Mm-hmm. Like. It doesn't matter that Kim seems like a wholly benevolent person. She's doing wrong things. And mm. there's, there's like, like it seems that Vince has got kind of a black and white scale of justice that if you shade in a gray too long, you're going to, you're, you're, you're going to get yours. Yeah. That it's just um, that everyone gets a turn on the, the wheel of ju- the justice and karma. I mean, this might not be the last blow in the battle between Chuck and Jimmy. I hope you know? so. I really like I'm, I'm Well, I mean, what if what if we see Chuck willing to sink to new lows now that he's been defeated in a court of his peers essentially? Yeah. Um we kind of already seen and that, he, right? He he in some way challenges Kim's ability to practice law yeah. and and Jimmy has to make a sacrifice. Well, and that's the thing. The other thing is be careful what you wish for, right? Cuz we got some f- a feedback that we'll be reading here. Uh but someone sent in a quote from last season where Jimmy's like, "Come on, Chuck, get down in the mud with me." Mm-hmm. Well, be careful what you wish for cuz if you piss off Chuck and he loses his sanctity of the law look and he starts, you know, cuz he's already proven that he can be a talented manipulator. He's got the same yeah. DNA Jimmy's got. That would be uh, I guess I guess that would be interesting. I will allow that. I'm, it's I'm certainly just a development. I'm just bored with the relationship as it is, where Jimmy's okay. always the one down. He's always trying to get approval, and like I just mm-hmm. the, whatever they do at the end of the season, Jimmy cannot win back into Chuck's good graces. I'll puke. <laughs> okay, I will literally puke. All right, so Gus shows up at Mike's lot to talk. Uh, he invites Mike to work for him in the future, and Mike sounds like he's open to it, depending on the work. And before Gus leaves, he opens up to Mike about why he stopped him from killing Hector. Because a bullet to the head would have been far too humane. Yep. Boy. 
He's really got it out for Hector. And, you know, that, reason. that's a good piece of evidence for the people to say that Gus is going to be the one to put him in. Because, you know, that's that's a torment for a, a strong man like Don uh, like, like, like Don Hector, that, that he's going to be confined to a wheelchair. He's not going to be able to speak. He's not going to be able to do anything but sp- sputter and spittle and ding a bell mm-hmm. in a sh- dirty white wife beater <laughs> yeah. and shit his pants. Those are the things he'll be reduced to doing. Yeah. <laughs> and watch as everything he cared about is slowly dismantled. So throw, throw burritos on the floor. He can yep, do that. He can do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Jimmy, Kim, Howard, and Chuck meet with the ADA to finalize the PDP uh, in the ABQ. They quibble over some language details, and then Jimmy is forced to apologize to Chuck. Afterward, Kim talks to Chuck about a duplicate tape and celebrates when he admits that there's a copy of it. Did that feel like a bit much to you? Did what? How in the tank the prosecutor yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's complete bullshit. She should be disqualified from. From I, I wonder if this is like this the, the the PPD deal that the prosecutor is much more in control of this since it's kind of like it's deferred. The uh-huh. judge doesn't see it. It's it's something they control, and so. she's 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 fucking with Jimmy. Or she also might be playing this from Chuck's playbook because Chuck obviously, you know, in her mind, like she wanted to throw the book at Jimmy, and Chuck's offering him, you know. Uh, extremely generous, generous uh, settlement opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, I, I thought like it, it's a guy who hates Chuck, like myself. Um, yeah. You just want to piss blood when you, when you're when you're <laughs> right. watching this. Oh, it's not three twenty one. It, it's actually three twenty three ninety one uh-huh. because the cassette was, of course, destroyed. Like, <laughs> fuck me. He and that's the thing. He's great. He's great yeah. at playing this very hateable person. He, totally, totally. And this forced con, or forced apology is just like the knife, twisting the knife in the guts for me. Because, yeah. fuck, I don't want to see Jimmy apologize to this guy. And then, like, no, no. He's got look, nothing to apologize for. <laughs> look, at your bro- look at your brother in the eye. Like, treat right. him like a, a five-year-old. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Also, I couldn't get over the, the awkward tension in this scene, too. Yeah. Which... It's just delicious. I I really ate it up. What do you think is it's more? It's also getting it because because Jimmy took the apology as a way to like no one should treat their brother like this right. ever. Stick it to him, yeah. Ever uh-huh. like like what 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 did you do to get me down to this level, Chuck? Right. Like who really started this fight? Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty amazing. Do you think it that this scene is more awkward, or do you think <laughs> the scene with oh, Jesse no. Skyler and Walt Je- is Je- more awkward. Je- Jesse with the with at dinner desperately gulping water to break some of this attention. And the green beans. Yeah. That, will, that will always be be the most awkward thing in the Breaking Bad universe. I think. <laughs> right. Right. Who knows? Yeah, this was pretty close though. It was extremely awkward. Uh huh. Um, These green beans are choice. And I I don't think it's important like what the stipulation of his uh-huh. his uh release is here his confession this PDP uh but he can't uh associate with any criminals which might be a problem if Nacho comes around. Mm. I don't know if Nacho is a known criminal. Um he's right. certainly been arrested but he wasn't charged with anything cuz right. he got off. Um, well, I mean more to the point how the fuck is Jimmy going I mean he's doing his elder care law now but yeah. like if he I would argue that that's going to limit his livelihood unnecessarily because, like, does, like, is there any kind of, like, except in court or your office? Because right. how, if you're a criminal defense attorney, are you not going to associate with criminals? Right. 
Yeah, good point. And that's also for the that's also for the term of the PPD probation, right? Like that's not a yeah permit. for a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. for a year. So I guess um, I don't know. And because that's the thing, Jimmy's agreeing to that. So regardless of what happens at his disbarment, this is still going to be in force, right? Um, and hell, this show hasn't spanned a year yet. It's very Breaking Bad in that, like, yeah, seasons go by, but we're still stuck in the same year, right? Uh, which is also another thing, like. You know, this show started in 2002, which is about five years before the end of Breaking Bad. We've been talking about when is is Walt and Jesse going to show up. I I don't see how in the timeline they ever going. Like, Aaron Paul would be fucking 13. Right. Yeah, I don't think they need to. I don't know if you've seen him lately. He can't convincingly play like a twenty-year-old Jesse. Uh. So I I I I don't know that we're. I mean, we might see Walt in a cameo like at the school or like you know just running into Saul or, or, or I, I don't know but it won't it, it doesn't seem like unless they do a sizable jump forward in time which they might you know get to the core Saul years um, yeah. but I'd rather than jump forward all the way to Gene yeah same so, you know take the, take the story forward yeah maybe they do both huh. maybe they spend half a season with Saul and full season with Gene I don't know yeah but I was like you know in the, in the preseason I was talking about like you know some iconic Breaking Bad because I'd forgotten how far back in time we'd kind of jumped yeah um so they make a point let me throw a wrinkle in this idea of what the plan actually is here they make a they put up a fight about the wording here with destroyed item of personal property right it it seems apparent to me that they are trying to get the words cassette tape completely removed from the record, from the confession. Huh. Because, well, that's the end result here, is they they get destroyed in there on Chuck and Howard's side, but Kim and Jimmy get cassette tape removed. Okay. Why do you think that's... Could they eliminate the cassette tape? Would they want to? Because the cassette tape's not the damage, like... I mean, they've made it very clear that the cassette tape by itself is really nothing. It, it, was mm-hmm. the tr- it was the cheese in the trap. Right. So they go back and make it like the only the only like I, I, I feel like that wouldn't work because like why would they try to exclude it if it seems like they really, really were excited by the fact that Chuck was adamant about it being played? I mean, what what else do you think would be the point of this scene? Is it just to show them quibble over something like that? You have. I mean, I, my idea is like when they were going through the remorses that they deliberately crafted this to provoke this exact chain of events and this reaction, and also maybe to give because like um, I've I've heard it said like like you know this is an old designer trick you've done web design that you want to throw in a flaw or two or something that you like like. Like, like, give the client something to mm-hmm. say, oh, yeah, can you fix this and make them feel cool so they don't look, then just, just start tearing apart the good stuff. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know if that's ethical and that's great, but I've heard people say that they've, they've done it because it's like they always do like a not a great font choice or there'll be something misaligned by a pixel so a client can say, oh, all you got to do is – and then instead of like – so they feel like they have any everyone has to feel like they have to ownership. criticize something, right? You have to get yeah. a note. So you, you put in something obvious so they tear – is that because Chuck's not the kind of guy who will just go through legal documents and not scrutinize it? So they do something that they know that will, you know, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. That's largely a mystery and yeah. frustrating that we, we just don't have the answers. Right. We don't. Because it seems like it's putting it off just for the sake of putting it off. Yeah. It's the one thing I, I was not too sure about with this episode, but everything else was great. And that's pretty much the end of it. Um, anything else you want to say or should we get to feedback? 
I think that we can get the feedback now. As we mentioned earlier in the podcast, we are at peak content here at Bald Move. We've got seven to eight podcasts that we're releasing each week in addition to video content. You might wonder how two guys from the Midwest can, can do all that content. And the simple answer is... Cocaine. Oh, I've said that before. <laughs> Meth, come on. Uh, damn Stay it. on message, damn it. Uh, we actually do this for a full-time job. And um, primarily, we're listener-supported uh, as independent podcasters. And the, the carrot stick approach here is club.baldmove.com. You go there and you get the warm fuzzies from supporting uh, independent podcasters. We know that's not enough. So we sweeten sweeten the deal because you get ad-free feeds. You get a bunch of exclusive video content and podcast content. For example, this Thursday night, if you're a club member, you can listen to us talk about Guardians of the Galaxy in spoiler detailed. So I'm sure a lot of you are going to be seeing that this weekend. Do you want Aaron and Jim ready to talk about it with you as soon as you get out of the movie theaters? We need to be a club member. We also have this thing called Quip. If you like, uh, if you think we're funny, uh, that is probably some of the funniest stuff we do. The, the the premise is we use a tool on the internet to randomly generate names of television shows, and then we pitch those concepts as if we are showrunners and ad executives. And sometimes they're profound, sometimes they're ridiculous. It's a good time. That's dropping this week. Uh, and and uh, as always, we have our weekly variety show, Lunch with Jim and Aaron, where we get on line lunchtime around noon and we, we interact with the audience and we talk about stuff going on in our life and things we're interested about. Uh, lots and lots of premium content. Plus, plus we're, we're not quite ready to announce it, but we've been doing a secret project on the VIP forums <laughs> for these last two months that I think you guys will think is funny when we finally reveal it. But that's been exclusively a club uh, piece of content as well. Not only all that, but you can try it for free. You can try a free tr- a free 30-day trial by going to club.baldmove.com and signing up today. And if that's not good enough, we're actually added a small snippet of our conversation from the circle at the end of this podcast. So no spoiler section this week. You can just zip, 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 zip through the feedback, or you can just listen to the feedback in the fullness of time and get a free sample of that bonus content uh, and if you like it, you can get more at club.baldmove.com. All right. Uh, our old ba- pal, uh, Barry Goodman, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Barry uh, from Magical Elect- Electromotive. And if you've been a fan with us from the beginning, you, you probably recognize his name. He says, now with the DEA in the picture, the question becomes, when will we see Stephen Michael Cazeta? Do we see Dean Norris reprising yeah. their roles as Gomez and uh, Hank Schrader? Now that... I think that's a much because you know, oh, yeah. St- you know, SMQ as we call him, mm-hmm. big, big in the uh, Albuquerque film scene, and I think he would be delighted to uh, to reprise his role as Agent yeah. Gomez. And uh, also, I don't know why Dean Norris would say no either. Like, like I think they would have a lot of fun getting back into at suburban and busting each other's balls for a scene or two. Yeah. He's got uh, that under the dome money though. Yeah, or or Watch or. Out. or, or um, Asax uh, Merker, yeah, Merker. yeah, you can see big him. Old mustache, mustache His guy, yep. whiskey, whistle pig, yep, whiskey pig, whiskey pig, Wh- whistle pig, whiskey, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I I think that's probably a, a, a done deal. Uh, man, people are feeling nostalgic this week because Trent T wrote in. When do you think we'll get the first reference to the chili powder meth? Well, I I feel like it's chili warranted. Pea. We've had so many people come back from uh-huh. Breaking Bad into yeah. Better Call Saul that. Really, everybody's up for grabs at this point. Yeah, as the problem with the chili pea is like, by my calculations, Aaron Paul still still polishing yeah. that uh, yeah. wood box, right? 
that he that he did used all the oils and sanded and used the finest woods and uh he's he's still in high school uh, yeah I, I think he's, he's a ways away exception. from from cooking cooking meth uh i mean skyler junior like junior won't be in who's it. not up for grabs here yeah you junior. put you slap a little junior CG in there <laughs> you can get anybody back on the sure screen. yeah maybe grand marv Tar- right the tarkin will be the the get princess leia in we'll there. see him be assassinated by the cartel and that will bring asac uh, uh murker back in right i just merge people too like uh-huh. take take norris and uh Kazada and merge them into one D- person digital digitally both, yeah, yeah. Let's see that. Agent Go Go Schrader. <laughs> Gomez Schrader. Gomez Schrader. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Um I, I don't know. Like I I'm trying to think of the people that we absolutely will not see. Yeah. And it seems like um like like uh, another one we might see is Skinny Pete. You can see Badger, you can, I can see, see any of those. Guys. I mean Badger and Combo, I always thought they were young and like Skinny Pete is the guy who he's been he he's the burnout that's like you know in his late 20s early 30s that just hangs around with the kids because that's they're on his level yeah i think he's, so i mean we already know like he did stint in jail with tuco like, skinny p's right. been around man he has yeah badger's not, a fresh face he yeah badger's fresh face combo's pretty fresh faced yeah uh skinny p's been around so mm. i i think that we might see skinny pete you think we'll see the conception of brock <laughs> <laughs> Uh no. <laughs> no, okay. no, no, I don't. All right. Although by That's the chronology, a good guess. You, 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 he, she, that could definitely, yeah, you know, definitely work <laughs> out for sure, for sure. <laughs> All right, Gretchen from Pennsylvania. Wonder why no one is talking about the fact that Jimmy fell over at the Cinnabon after eating his lunch. I think I'm getting my Breaking Bad stuff mixed up, but is Walt already dead by the time Jimmy is at the Cinnabon? Where are we at the timeline with this? Lydia and Brock were both poisoned by Walt. Walt's also with Jimmy when he's being uh, processed by the disappearer. Did Walt know where Jimmy was placed? It was a long shot, but wouldn't Walt need to get rid of anyone who could give up information to protect Skylar? He also offed Lydia. Oh, yeah, she said Lydia and Brock both. Um, that's I haven't seen anyone advance that, so kudos to you, Gretchen. That's a great theory, and honestly, the timeline is pretty murky. It totally we don't is, know yeah. how in how long Gene has been in his Cinnabon life because a year goes by, or approximately a year goes by in Showtime from when Walt goes into hiding in uh, the, the the Live Free or Die state, New Hampshire, and when he comes back, does his rampage in, in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, how? So. W- we're proposing that he would have got the location of Saul from the cleaner. And like knows. that one time when they played poker or whatever. Or Walt uses his substantial fortune to use his own channels to track the stuff down. Track him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think the cleaner would give up the information. I don't willingly. think so either. He's too much yeah. of a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a pretty good theory. Pretty good theory. Okay. Um. I don't know where that goes because that the, the thing the only thing I don't like about it is it slams the door shut on any kind of gene closure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that would that actually is the, the ultimate closure for Gene, but I kind of hope there's a an after after Saul act for Gene. Yeah. Um. All right, Dan S. I can't believe this will be my first submission in the bald move, but I'm working from home, listening away to sunk costs. When I heard the Apple comment from a listener, I did a quick Google search for types of apples to start with P and got Pacific Beauty. Pacific Rose, Palmer Greening, Parks Pippin, Parkland, Paula Red, uh, Peas Good, 
Uh, so mm-hmm. the theory is not dead necessarily if we take All into right. account the breed and, and species of the apple. It's or back it's, on. Yeah the, yeah, the the pea theory is back on. In fact, <laughs> I, if I ever my I, people have always asked me if I got Vince Gilligan in an interview, what would I ask him? That's one of them. My new question will be: What type of apple? <laughs> Was because I think he would be tickled if if, if yeah. like if if first of all if we never see Mike eat anything that's not pee that's why he turned down ice cream right wasn't right. that wasn't that he was put off by Hector's no. ice cream cover business it just wasn't pistachio it wasn't if you get this pistachio <laughs> ice cream he would uh, he would be all about it yeah um but if he if he goes and doesn't and eats nothing but peas now he did have a plate full of Walt Junior fodder he had eggs bacon the whole nine yards in front of him. Uh, but I, he didn't actually take a bite. That's that's right. That was for show. Yeah. I mean, he's meeting with someone. He obviously has to look like he's eating breakfast there. Right. He's not. He's not going to be peas porridge. Uh, Lydia. Right. You know, and come in asking for some yeah. strange tea and yeah. wearing sunglasses. Uh huh. Yeah. Can I get Peruvian llama for for breakfast? The trouble is, I don't know how he disposes of that food without looking like Jimmy in the Los Pollos Hermanos. Just dumping it all in the trash. <laughs> he just gets up, he just what gets up, throws a tip on the table, and walks away. I guess so. Uh, all right, so our P theory is still alive. Probably not for very much longer <laughs> with these crazy theories. We I don't know how with. often do we see Mike eating. Not very. Honestly, every stakeout like that's a, that's one of his things yeah. he does. So I that's think like twice in three seasons. I, if, if, unless we don't see him stakeout anymore, which mm. I think is a pretty hard sell. Yeah. All right, James C. Seems pretty clear that Jimmy is a victim of entrapment by Chuck, but how could he prove this? Well, what about the private investigator Chuck hired? That should be one of Kim's first questions in court. What is Chuck's reasoning for having him in the house as a witness? After all, he was only hired uh, him to catch Jimmy in the trap he set. Kim should also ask why Chuck made a duplicate of the tape. It's obviously used as bait as Chuck assumed the tape was going to be destroyed. Does any of this matter? Like, does it matter that Chuck set a trap and closed it on Jimmy? Like, nobody... Okay, so he was he was trapped Plus, into I think it. But... Entrapment is something that ties the police's hands. Cause yeah, like, there's, yeah. There's a story that went around uh, Reddit last year where this guy he has his terrible ex-wife, mm-hmm. and she makes this clumsy attempt to contact him through Facebook because they're in this bitter custody dispute, and she seems like she's a really crazy person. Of course, I'm only getting this side of the story, but this is a pretty doozy. She contacts him through Facebook and poses as a hitman. And at, and wants him to take a contract out on her life, okay? Why would you? Because she then wants to use this. If he says yes, absolutely, then she will take to court as evidence. And and, and oh like, no, I get it. But if I'm the guy, why am I going to take unsolicited hitmen? Well, that's because his wife is crazy and or stupid. So what he does from hitmen. So what he does is he goes and he stops. And he, he takes a screenshot of this and uh-huh. he goes and gets a legal document signed saying, "I am." Morally certain that this is my wife in an attempt to on a pretext to, to get me to look bad in court, and this is dated. I have not responded to her yet, but I am going to pursue this only to embarrass her and to discredit her in court. And he had it witnessed and signed and notarized. And then he went in and was like, Oh yeah, how much would something like that cost? And they like did and it's and sure enough the cops show up at his door. And he whips out the document that was sealed, and in fact, now she's filing a false police report, and her whole life gets blown up and exploded. I don't think private individuals can't set things up like this. Like, right. if you go and say, "Hey, look, I knew my brother's going to overact," 
Yeah. Like, it's not illegal to record someone and then to have that in your home ready to go. And then if the person doesn't take the bait, no crimes committed. There's nothing you can do. Right. But Jimmy did take the bait. So it's not entrapment. Yeah, I... I don't. I honestly don't understand what people are speculating about. You know, about him getting off because his brother trapped him into it. Like some kind of legal technicality. That's, that's I, just not a thing. Yeah, I, I don't think that that's that's going to be. Now James is the guy who said it's funny how last season Jimmy is the one trying to get Chuck to roll around in the dirt with him. It seems Chuck is finally stooping to Jimmy's level. Right. Um, wouldn't it be delicious irony if this case ended up getting Chuck disparred instead of Jimmy? I, I agree. I just don't think it's going to be through any kind of legal instrument or means. No, I think it would just be distasteful to these people, probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I it's, mean, it's going to lean they're, they're it's get, gonna lean on his character, They're being certainly. used as a tool in a family squabble. That can't be something that anyone, any professional would be comfortable in. Right. Or And, and doing. Um, Barry C. Hey guys, every season I write in and say why I love the show, the actual age of Jimmy, Mike, and Chuck, and now Hector and Gus create some plausibility <laughs> issues. And I also fear one of the older guys might not be able to work the following season. Hey, which Jonathan one? Banks, healthy as a horse. Ironically, it feels that the youngest cast member, Mike's granddaughter, is the one that's creating the most continuity errors for me. Yeah, she yeah. looks the same age as the other actress who played her in season four of Breaking Bad. It's been three seasons of Better Call Saul, which is a lifetime for a child actor. And I agree. I said that in the first season. Like, mm-hmm. this is supposed to be significantly before, and yet I've got a three-year-old that looks like she's starting a third grade. What the hell? Right. Uh, how far away do we think the start of Breaking Bad is from the current Be- Better Call Saul timeline? Not so much in terms of how the cast look, but their current arc. Um, he says, it feels like Mike's granddaughter's months away from catching up on her age in Breaking Bad. Mike and Gus could plausibly be a few months away from the Breaking Bad storylines. I disagree there. It's going to take a while to take down Hector. Like, to go from... Yeah. I mean, although it does seem like he's already done it. Maybe not. Uh, Hector looks like he has quite a long journey to his Breaking Bad storyline, not just with his disability, but his hair, eyebrows. And it feels like Jimmy could become Saul tomorrow, but yet he's still a year or two from building his reputation as the go-to criminal lawyer. I agree. It seems like the only the only way this is going to be settled is if they do significant time jumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want to get into because because the interesting part of these stories is all about to be told, and then presumably, I mean, it's like you, the the reason you wouldn't do a prequel about Walt is because the most interesting thing in his life was the year that he spent making meth. Right. Like if you went back ten years, he'd just be a failed chemist. He'd be a failed chemist. It's a that's a high school chemistry teacher, and him and Skyler are probably more freshly in love, and they're getting along better. But it's watching any other American family. Yeah, it's just not that exciting. So I think the most important indicator is probably the thing that they have the most control over, not uh-huh. the actors' ages, but the technology presented on screen. So right. you look at Gus. Gus has what like a StarTac era flip phone. Sure. Um. So you could conceive of this being in, like, early 2000s. Um, we know, you know... It's the, supposed to be 2000 and... Uh, it's supposed to be 2003. Right. And the flashback was 99. Yeah. And, and, but, I mean that, but, but to, but to um, Barry's point, the only way I know that is because Vince Gilligan has said as much. There is no okay. real grounding to this story in any one particular time period. Like, it, it could... Like, like without his direct statements, it could be six months before Breaking Bad starts. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have not looked closely enough at, like, the tech they're using and the cars, the, the new cars that people are driving. 
that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be a good indicator because they can mm-hmm. control that, right? Yeah. The, you can't control Jonathan Banks' aging face and head, but you can control the tech that you put on screen. Right, right. I just don't know if it's enough. But on the other hand, it's also, I mean, chronology is, is secondhand to continuity as far as like, oh, this wine glass was half full, and now it's a third full, and now it's back to half full. It's like, okay, congratulations. Yeah. You, you, Do you, you think there's a space-time problem yeah, in this caught, universe? Yeah, you, you, like, you caught the set dresser napping. Right. Which is not a good, like, it's that's, that's a mistake. Yeah, but it's an inconsequential one. Right, so... It doesn't matter to I don't I don't think maybe Barry can articulate this in another email, but I don't think it's um, I mean it's a suspension of disbelief because enough of those stack up and you got an Ed Wood movie, right? That no one takes seriously. Um, but you look so, at like um, the trackers, I guess that they're using right here in this oh, season. Yeah, it's Radio Shack. Yeah, yeah, it's old technology, and this is like state of the art stuff too, right? right He's right. buying it from the black market. Right. Um, I mean, it's GPS industrial trackers, grade. Yeah, that's. I mean, I know they're right. ubiquitous. Literally, I mean, everyone's got one in their pocket now, but that wasn't so 15 years ago. Yeah, it didn't exist when Mike was doing it. Otherwise, right, you wouldn't need this proximity thing. You just hit up the GPS right. website or take the tracker off. Um, the other thing is, if you look at Mike installing, you know, microphones and how he doesn't really seem to have technology as much of an option here. Sure. Um, but in Breaking Bad, he's installing them he's in using, Walt's he's house. Using a disposable he's... film camera to take pictures inside Chuck's house. Right. Right. There are no digital cameras yet, apparently. Or if they are, they're <laughs> shitty six forty and they're expensive. And, yeah. yeah. So. Um, Joe E. There's no way Lyle survives a season, right? I thought for sure he'd be dead before the episode ended. I, as we've previously discussed, I totally agree with that analysis. I think Lyle is, uh, yeah, is is not long for the land of the living. That's fine. I'm I'm happy to see Lyle go. You don't like Lyle? I like Lyle as a pawn <laughs> in the larger game. A pawn yeah, that's going to be quickly. Uh, he Left looks like a guy who th- who want who who has dr- bigger dreams in middle management, but that's probably where he'll end up. In middle management, yeah, I think he's gonna end up in a barrel. That's what <laughs> well, I was gonna say. His best case scenario. Yeah, oh yeah, best. So yeah, case. yes, I I agree. Well, the barrel comes post Walt. How that's true. Mike get rid that's of bodies true. before Mike uh, Walt showed him that trick. He'd probably bury him in the desert. There's one weird later. trick. Cartels you know, hate it. Mike probably didn't need to get rid of bodies because Mike doesn't create bodies. Mike now, creates some bodies. Uh, the only reason he didn't create one in this season any... is because uh, uh, Gus told him to stop. Well, I mean, he had a perfect opportunity. He could have, you know, disrupted his operations in other ways, but he chose a nonviolent way. Yeah, he's smart because he dropped bodies and the cops start start carrying. Um, yeah, I, I just, I mean, it's obvious to me that Mike has an aversion to killing people. Yeah. Despite you know having killed two well, people already, yeah, but we didn't even really analyze that scene. But I, and I don't think it needs analysis because, of course, Mike doesn't want to jump right in business with Gus. Yeah, Gus is like you know we like Gus, and Gus is a smart, savvy businessman. But he's also his business is drugs, and that's dangerous. And also, Mike, yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike, he says, yeah, I might work with you. It depends on the work. Yeah, like Mike doesn't want to do a bunch of wet work. He doesn't right. even really want to do a bunch of gun work. No, that's, that's risky shit. Um, and so, I, I just think it's not how Mike operates. He doesn't want to kill people. Uh, someone mentioned it. And I forget their name because I ultimately didn't consider it for feedback because I, I I'm tired of talking about the gun. But someone pointed out the real mystery is how like Mike gets his gun back across the U.S. border multiple times. Well, 
I mean, he's taking a big risk. They pop open the truck. That's an illegally obtained serial number filed off high caliber mm-hmm. sniper rifle that's coming from Mexico. Yeah, I don't that'll know. get you detained mm-hmm. at a minimum. This is our legal corner. So if you're not interested in legal crap, you can check out now because it's the end of the podcast. Uh, but Daniel S., a former prosecutor for New York, said he had a question about whether Saul and Chuck could argue against each other in a criminal trial. Chuck could be a witness only. He would not sit at the counsel's table, and as a witness, he could be excluded from the courtroom during all witnesses' testimony. If Saul represented himself, he could have the opportunity to cross-examine Chuck, but apparently is now being represented by Kim. Generally, most judges require the defense speak with one voice, meaning the defendant has a lawyer. The judge will not hear an argument from you, only your lawyer. Often, if a defendant is pro se, meaning representing himself, the judge will appoint the lawyer to be standby counsel and allow both the lawyer and client to make arguments. Basically, judges hate when defendants go pro se because it creates opportunities for chaos and hurts the defendant's chances of a fair trial. No doubt. Um, If I had a case like this one as a prosecutor, I would definitely take a hard look at what caused the fight in the first place. At least Howard would tell the whole story. Plus, the prosecutor would likely also interview Ernie, and it would become clear that the whole thing had been concocted to lure Jimmy into the situation. Given that this would already be a fairly high-profile case involving a family fight, as Chuck is a well-known lawyer and Jimmy is also known around the courthouse, the prosecutor would likely be very wary of being used as a tool for a private dispute. All this adds up to being uh, to me being inclined to dispose the case with the misdemeanor plea. I'd be way too concerned about some unpleasant surprises blowing up on me if I took the felony to trial. As far as disbarment, in reality, at least in New York, uh, a felony conviction like this would probably lead to a suspension of your legal license, not a permanent ah! disbarment. Wow. I've seen lawyers who committed way worse crimes, just stealing from clients, etc., only getting a suspension. Jesus. The show seems to deal with this a bit when Saul says his brother has connections with everyone at the bar, but the bar is genuinely very, genuinely very reluctant to permanently take away someone's livelihood. Hmm. Uh, so I guess that's surprising, but not really. It seems like the there's two sets of rules for people on different sides of the legal system and the criminal justice system, and that's well known. Now, it is also well known that Vince Gilligan, in his universe, there are no shades of gray. The DEA is always good. They don't plant drugs. The worst they do is they might rough up a criminal, but, you know, the criminal is a criminal, and he deserves it. Um, yeah. And I wonder if he says sees the same thing about the legal system. Like, you might have crooked lawyers like Jimmy, but that's the exception, and that's what the story is about. Everybody else plays by the rules. The system always works. The system always works, and justice and karma prevail. Um, Uh And that's fine. That's fine to have in a a person's fictional universe. I'm a fan of the Breaking Bad universe. Uh, But I thought those were all interesting um, and direct answers to our questions, which I like. It's cool to to, to ponder something aimlessly and have... uh, uh, authoritative answer a week later. Yeah, that's no, nice. <laughs> it's not bad. Uh, so that's the email. That's the that's the show. In fact, if you'd like to send us feedback, it's easy to do so. Better call Saul. Almost said Breaking Bad, uh, which also would work because they all go to the same spot. Me. Uh, better call Saul or Better Cast Saul at baldmove dot com. Uh, you can also uh, check out our forums at forums.baldmove.com dot com if you'd like to discuss the episode uh, with your fellow fans and. Uh, We'll be back next week. Yeah, for yet another episode of Better Call Saul. Hopefully, the it's not the trial, the disbarment hearing of the century. I want to see spectacular, not courtroom, mediation room, whatever you call theatrics. Yeah, I want to see some some crazy shit going down. I want I want to see Saul. 
I want to see mm-hmm. Saul in action, frankly. Yeah. Uh, trying to take down his brother. And I want I want Chuck to be brought low. Right. And I'm, I, I mean, whether he gets back up and takes another swing or not, I want him to – I want Jimmy to drop him. Right. So. Yeah, he, and, I, and that's the thing. Um, the only reason I'm not going on and on about how much I hate Chuck these last two weeks is because it does seem like that he's going to get his. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but we'll be back next week, uh, hopefully, to, to see that uh, mature and develop over the, the, the course of time. See you yep. then. See you then. Yeah, and there's a lot of other, like, you know, these are some creepy things, but like, think about, like, if there was a program that could monitor people's social media or monitor people's uh, and detect when they're depressed and at, the, and, and, and at risk for suicide, mm-hmm. like, you know, what if you could help everyone that commits suicide and, like, 99% of them you could save them through effective therapy and drug treatment? Now, that's very close to a brave new world. Uh-huh. But also, if you take the dystopia out of it and, and you put back the fact that humans, uh, radical transparency and, and human tendency towards good, that's also a net good. So, like, you know, the, the, it's the sword cuts both ways. And hmm. um, I don't know. It would be I don't I'm not aware of any uh, now. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not aware of any utopian future fiction because people gave me like five or six different <laughs> options. I want to say, like, I would I, I wonder if there is any fiction that explores this radical transparency like a novel that's set on beta Z where it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's, it's a planet full of telepaths. There's got to be a beta Z novel, right? Yeah. I uh, mean, th- there's gotta be. It's I'm not out talking there. about Mzadi. I don't give a shit about Troy I, and Riker. I, I, I know. <laughs> I know. Like an actual, like yeah, yeah. beta Z focused. Yeah. Uh huh. There's got to be something like that, or like, what yeah. if, what if humans like we didn't, um, what if we didn't evolve from primates that are kind of like small clusters of groups that you know uh, get territorial and defend? What if we um, descended from like ants, mm-hmm. where the idea of a collective or bees? And... You're just creating Jupiter ascending <laughs> <laughs> and Wicker Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not that's a dystopia. It is. Yeah, Both Wicker Man crossed with uh, with Jupiter ascending is the worst. <laughs> Channing Tatum's um, in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 